When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All your hair's a half a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs About two grown men dressed up as a bird and a dog Yo. Yes, hello, oh god <laughs> This is, this might be the worst This is basically a regression now to, to, I'd say almost like two people starting a podcast With no apparatus, right? So before basically this is a situation and Tom and I had a debate before we came on the record about whether to do this or not. So this is a situation. My I'm away, Tom's away, you're away, sorry. Yeah. I don't want to keep talking to the listener like that. And um my uh my microphone I've discovered is broken in transit. So I'm gonna have to buy a new one. Yeah. And you don't you don't have a microphone or headphones. Right? I've got a microphone, but my headphones went missing on the flight. And then I brought some AirPods, and Catherine has been using them to go to the gym, and she's drained the AirPods, said Air- AirPods. So I've got no bathroom mm. AirPods. So this is. So just... does your family does your family normally operate on a communal AirPods? Sort of no, system? no, no. Catherine's lost her AirPods since we've been here, okay. so mine have become her, and also mine are the newer ones, so they're apparently better mm. for when you're going to the gym yeah. and listening to other people's podcasts. You've been quite chilled out about it now, but um, mm. before we logged on, you're quite. My one of my pet hates in life, right? One of the things that grinds my gears is using other people's things and then not recharging them. Mm. I think that's that that is one of the things that really gripes me. She she like the other day her phone had set. I, I it gives me such anxiety. Like say with James DeFrond, when I'm like with James DeFrond and we're doing a shared screen like this, and you can see his like computer, he doesn't charge his laptop until it right at the last. She's got 3%. Catherine's the same. I'll, I'll look at her phone and she'll go, like, she'll have her phone on her bed and I'll look at it, it would be 7% of charge. I'm like, how can you live? I couldn't live in a world like that. Mm. Even thinking but about it. F- isn't it good for the battery, though? Doesn't it give it, it a good old stretch? It might be amazing for the battery, but the battery doesn't get anxiety, does he? No, or she? that's true. You're, yeah, it's your battery that's under risk there, My isn't it? My battery goes absolutely haywire when I'm looking and thinking... If, if, when I get into the realms of thirty percent, I'm 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 in pieces. I'm in absolute pieces. Yeah. I will say, by the way, that um, I have hijacked a room here, and I'm looking around, and I've just because I'm I was in such a flummox when we mm. started because of the ear, ear pod gate. I think I'm actually this could at any time turn into quite the lustrous. Oh my god, you're in a conference room. Yeah, but I don't. I, the, the, a conference could come in here at any time. It feels mm. there's so much that could go wrong with today's podcast. Yeah. I mean, look, 
we're doing this in lieu of not doing anything. It's possible that this is going to be unlistenable. So everything we're saying now might not actually go out. This could but just be a conversation we, between the two of us. It, it, yeah. This could um, and what's also added a little bit of spice to it is your Wi-Fi is janky as shit. So it's, it's absolutely... I mean, we're knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, basically, jo- Josh, Josh, and Rob, Josh and Rob have just moved on to Spotify. We haven't even moved on to being able to record this properly. <laughs> All our contemporaries um, are basically getting these big squiller deals. Me and you are in a situation right. where we can't even. We're also both on really bad Wi-Fi. Well, your Wi-Fi is not great. You're in a hotel, right? Yeah, but I spoke to them last night and I said, "Listen, I'm doing a podcast with Tom Davis. Um, I need the Wi-Fi to be absolutely tip top." And um turns out they've not heard of you and Wolfram Abbey. So sorry about that. Yeah, well, I, I, I was in Spain and I tried to convey that and no one listened. I did have an interesting encounter, though, um, out here on Sunday. So Sunday, yeah. um, me, Catherine and Grace went to a local uh, beach club. Just a little chill, little nice bit of sushi vibe. Not yeah. Grace, obviously, she's still... Uh, She's not on got into the raw fish yet. Um, met a couple of uh, friends, James the Front and Cheryl Drake, shout out. Right, so we're there. As the evening draws in, there's um, a guy arrives with two uh, two women, right? And um, he looks a little bit like Barney Gumble, right? Yeah. And, and, a bit, and the women look a bit like um, Selma and I can't remember the other one. Yeah, yeah Mar Simpson's uh, sisters. Oh, yeah. Selma and... Is it Velma? No, I've just made that up. Selma, I can't remember. Right, anyway, the three of them arrive, right? They start quaffing back pints of lager. Quite strong lager, right? And right in front of us, they then get into the pool, right? He lies down and starts French kissing, quite intently French kissing one of them, right? Well, the other one just sort of like... What? Patty, that's the other sister. I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Patty and Selma. So... The other one swims around, right, while he is French kissing uh, one of them, right? Uh, quite intently French kissing. And then um, the other girl jumps into the pool and then they start kissing, right? And then he gets into the pool with them and all what? three of them start kissing. This is like, this is about six o'clock at a family, like family sort of beach club. There's families there, you know? Well, it sounds like very, it sounds like very family. <laughs> sounds like two sisters are getting off of each other. <laughs> It was insane to watch, right? He then ordered a pint while they were kissing and stuff. Like Then they all got in the pool together, right? And they all started kissing. And then he started going underwater and... What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holding his breath for ages. Um, it was like, the, like... You know like when people slow down to see a car crash? Because it's like... Yeah. It was a bit like that. You couldn't stop. Like Once you clock what was going on, you couldn't stop yeah. walking around, right? After about you know half an hour, forty minutes of this going on with sort of different people going underwater and whatever, and sort of like a lot of giggling and laughing and whatever, he got out of the pool and did a lap of honour. He genuinely walked around the pool like he like everyone was going to get up and just shake his hand and go, "Well done, mate, smashed it." Do you know what I find incredible? One that that happened, and two that with all that happened in that story, you bothered to tell me what drinks they ordered. <laughs> I mean. No, but I just thought it was quite nice that they were having pints. Because usually, with, um, with, 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 like, when you see this kind of thing take place in like a film or something, I've not been privy to this kind of role. But if you're like, when you watch it, it's all champagne or sort of like Swiss cocktails. Yeah, when whenever, I've seen an incest, whenever I've seen an incest-based threesome, it's normally like gin or spirits <laughs> and stuff like that. They never have, like, it's nice to see an old-fashioned one like that, isn't it? <laughs> no, but no, look, I don't know about you when it comes to lovemaking. 
but pints are never conducive with a good performance, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say any no. physical activity, anyone's ever really knocked back a seven pints of lager and said, actually, I put in the performance of my life then. No. Well, you think you are putting in the performance of your life at the time. Yeah. And then you get a TripAdvisor review and it's pretty negative <laughs> the next the next morning. But also, he he had seven pints, about seven pints of lager, I reckon. And then he, he mm. was underwater, I reckon, for a good three minutes at the time. Two, three minutes. Jeez. Yeah. It's under there. Just He must have been so drunk he thought he'd become Aquaman. <laughs> I could, I could do this forever. I suppose the cold water would have sobered him up a bit when he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was. It was an insane thing to sit and watch. Also, to sit and watch with my eleven-month-old daughter, which is yeah. Sort of, did, how necklace clutchy were you about this? I mean, did you guys sort of signal your disapproval, or did you just kind of talk about it? And I mean, at what point? How graphic would that have had to if get? If I'm honest, Catherine walked away of... with Grace and sat on uh, some other beds. Um, yeah, was she appalled? She wasn't really appalled. She was just more like, you know, you, do, you don't really want that sort of scene in front of your 11 months. She, I think it's a little bit young for Grace to see somebody going down on someone in a swimming pool. Yeah, I would, I would yeah, argue. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd, I what, what, what would you have done with your three boys in that situation? I'd say, oh, have a look at that, boys. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's a man. That's a fellow. Yeah. <laughs> Get up afterwards and shake his hand. <laughs> yeah. He, we, I wish he was your dad rather than me. <laughs> the lessons he could teach you. Um, yeah, that's pretty mad, man. I'm surprised nobody complained about it. No, no, like literally people were watching, but no one, yeah. And obviously by the time, I'd say a minute and a half in, he, they were the only people in quite a big swimming pool. Yeah, I'm not surprised they're the only people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to be swimming around and complaining that you can't yeah. go full length. So, excuse me, I'm just trying to do a, yeah, I'm trying to get across the pool here. So, <laughs> is this the breaststroke lane you're in? Wow. Then they went and just took loads of selfies and stuff afterwards. Yeah, I bet they did. I want to commemorate that. <laughs> Listen, we've got an announcement. We've got to do an announcement because I'm worried that we're going to abandon this podcast in the next few minutes because it's so terrible. So we've got to yeah. announce this. Do you know what I'm about to announce? Yeah, you do. You do. It's good. It's good. Okay. Uh, I'm incredibly excited to deliver the news that the podcast that you sometimes hear clearly, but most of the time don't. This is like are doing two. This is the worst announcement I've ever heard. Can I tell? Can I tell you the situation that I'm facing? Right, is I'm in a really quiet hotel, and because I've got noise cancelling headphones on, I don't know how loud I've been. So, yeah, but also what start, you've got. Remember, I'm in a conference room. At any at any point. People for the conference could turn up, and I've basically got to pretend that I'm part of the conference, and I've just turned up early, and I'm keen. And I could this could be the rest of my day. You, 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 do you know what you look like with the beard off and the cap and the t-shirt? You look like some techie that's like turned up really like a keynote. The hotel's employed to sort out any. Can I just say any Wi-Fi or router issues? Yeah, go on. This beard off, right, is literally. I Catherine took a picture. Me and Grace went to. We the three of us went to the laundrette yesterday because we're living it up while we're out here. Yeah, and um. We went to, to do all our washing, and Grace took a picture. Uh, Grace took a picture. Catherine took a picture of me and Grace. Did you see, right, two, did you see two cousins shaking against a tumble dryer or something? <laughs> <laughs> Catherine took a picture, Sorry, right? And it was, she showed me the picture, and she was like laughing, going, Oh, look, it's really sweet of you. All I could look at was how hideous my face was without a beard. Like, someone said to me, Oh my God, I, you know, I can't believe what you looked like without a beard the other day. Like, like I thought if I shaved off the beard, 
I would be like fucking Sandy from Greece. That I would be an absolute. Like, I've got like a fucking big fucking like square chin, beautiful face underneath, and a beard. I've had a beard since birth. I knew what was under here. I knew the horrors that fucking mm. rested below the beard. I fucking hate it. It literally, like most, I'd say 90% of my days at the moment are just like avoiding mirrors and looking at myself. I'm going to be honest with you. The first time I saw you without a beard, I was surprised. But I'm going to tell you now, you're a handsome man. I don't, I don't you you know. don't need to feel... Yeah. Anyway, I'm imagining people are getting very frustrated because we've heard this beard story in the middle of the announcement. Yeah, so the announcement your... is, we are delighted to deliver the news that on Thursday the 5th of Jan, we are going to be playing Manchester Opera House. And on Saturday the 7th of Jan, we are going to be playing London's South Bank, Cent Bank, South Bank Centre. But... <laughs> Imagine if you'd made it as a newsreader. If you were trying to get through this, this announcement, like Hugh, he, Hugh smashed it. We're, we're like, you give Hugh any announcement. Let me try again. Let me try again. I'm delighted to tell you that on Thursday, the 5th of January, 2023, we are going to be doing a live episode of the Wolf and Allen Manchester Opera House. Following that, two days later, on Saturday, the 7th of January, we will be playing London's esteemed South Bank Centre for your delectation. Tickets go on pre-sale to the mailing list on Thursday, the 10th of November, uh, and then on general sale on Friday, the 11th of November. Uh, look out for those tickets. We'll be announcing uh, details on Instagram as well. Uh, hope you enjoy. I didn't really know how to close wow. that off, but there you that go. There. We're, doing two, two, we're, doing two, we're doing two live shows. So, yeah, Manchester, um, shout out the North. Yeah. I oh, mean, is that the end of that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And also, the sound. I mean, the fact is that hopefully with our tech stuff is a little bit... Yeah, somebody else is doing the sound for that. Yeah. It's not going to be you sat at the back of a room not being able to hear two people. So, uh, yeah, very exciting news. How do you feel about getting back out on the road? I say back out on the road within two days. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Get Christmas out of the way. Yeah. Enjoy Christmas, enjoy New Year, and then just yeah. be on the road with you, bro. I mean, I assume we're not going to travel together, but it's going to be exciting. Oh, we're not traveling together. Because... I was going to say, get like one of those sick wagons... Me and you in the bag. Oh, what, get, should we get? Should we get it wrapped? Yeah. Wolf and Al. If there's a wrapping sides. company out there who want to wrap a, a Viano for one day, um, or potentially two days, we staying in Manchester tonight after the Manchester gig, right? I assume so. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like I'm in a band. I know it's going to be crazy. We'll probably what the show will finish about ten thirty. Probably get some food. Bed at eleven thirty. Up and hit the road the next day, I guess. Right, yeah. If I've got it my way, right? We hit we hit somewhere nice, right? We get some food, mm. right? And then you look at me. Oh, do you know where we should go? Go on. Do you know where we should go? That curry place I went to last time I was in Manchester. Do you remember I... I was really hoping to sort of, that party rom, like I literally just, just knocking off the back of like, like my last sort of like couple of bites of um, a beautiful chicken masala. And you suck back uh, your last drain of Cobra and you smile. It's a smile I haven't seen before. And you say, I think it's time we hit the party night. And then I'm like, what the fuck? And then you get up in the middle of the oh, restaurant what, and, what, and start will it be a Saturday? What, what day of the week will it be? What did I just say? I think it's a Thursday, isn't it? It's a Thursday. So Thursday is a potential party night. We could, we could you know what we Thursday. could do? We could do, the live, we could do the live podcast. We could go out, party rom, and then we could come back yeah. and record, <laughs> record an episode of <laughs> Mate, that would be exactly. genius. That would be insane. Are we? Are we in London the next yeah. night? Are we in London? We're in London on the seventh. So that's a, so we've got a day. We've got a day of essentially got a day of recovery. I mean, you know what happens? 
the party starts all over again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my guy. Romy, Romy to the max. Smashing it. Um, oh, mate, that's going to be... Maybe, like... Yeah. What, Maybe like you could be like Bruce Springsteen and just sort of get someone from the crowd to come up and dance with you on stage. Yeah, or you could be like Bruce Springsteen and give someone your hat. By the way, we've had a message from the person that got your hat. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, um, you handed they you handed they they loved it. They sent a photo with them with a the hat on and oh, stuff. Nice. It was really nice. Um, how was your weekend? Apart from Freesome Gate uh, and the Laundrette, kind of chilled, man. First day of filming on the Curse Two. It's pretty sick um, mm-hmm. out here in uh, España, and uh, yeah. Sunday, yeah, beach club vibes. At the moment, we're in a place where Grace is starting to stand. She's, she's done the crawling thing. Now it's all about trying to stand on, pull herself up on like anything really. So yesterday I realized while I was having a coffee and she just threw it all over a table and all over a carpet that nothing's really safe now. No, it's once they become mobile, it's looking after your kids becomes a lot more difficult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. uh, and, and she, yeah, I mean, she loves you, uh, yeah. You're oh dear, we both paused there because of our internet delay. That's unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, now that no, works really well. Whenever we reference it, it, it works. It once we get in a flight, it's really oh god, um, this is so bad. Is this going to be usable? This, I mean, I, I kind of hope so, but then I also don't, yeah. There's part of me that doesn't want this to go out. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's a part of me that now thinks... I, I, I mean, in, in, in terms of a podcast to advertise the live dates going on sale, this couldn't be worse, could it? <laughs> where, where I'm staying at the moment, there's a lot of really, really bad European TV that's just shot really, really bad. This feels yeah. like the lowest, lowest floor. Like, everyone who listens to this podcast and tunes in every week deserves so much more than this. This is genuinely... This, oh, no. oh, no. this might be the worst attempt of trying to record something ever. I mean, do, you, do you know what the most depressing thing about it is? Is This is us trying our hardest. <laughs> I, I, it, it'd almost be more reassuring if we're being lazy, but this is us at the absolute peak of our performance. Well, Ramesh, it's the Tuesday before this goes out on a Wednesday. <laughs> We've got a week to record this. You know what this is? This is an eye-opener. This is actually, you know what, we probably need to take this a little bit more seriously. Yeah. You're, you're listening to the Wolf and I having an epiphany here. What, you know what, what, we're you know what I will do while I'm here? This yeah, is probably my favourite thing to do. Look, there's a pad here for someone uh, for this conference. I might write in a yeah. pad on one of the pages, you're amazing. That's a great idea. So when they read through it idea. and they get to it, and if, they're, if it's not, if it's not going well for them, then they see that, and then they, it just says, you're amazing. That's quite a cool thing to have, right? Should I do it? Yeah, or they might turn up there and go, do you know what? The only thing that would keep me going is a little bit of stationery. I've been struggling. Oh, I've got this pad here. Lucky enough, I'm here, because this pen doesn't even work. I'll put it here. If that person dependent doesn't work, take this one. So you're ruining somebody else's day. You've licked it. I know I know we're out of COVID, mate, but you're taking the piss a bit here, aren't you? No, no. <laughs> I live on the edge, mate. None of these pens work. There we go. That. You're amazing. Really nice. Yeah, so then when they get back, I mean. Yeah, they'll think, oh, nine-year-old's written I'm in my face. freaking out because I've given them the pen that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, How's you your weekend, boy? Well, I had a very quiet weekend. Well, what did I do? I Friday night, I hosted a hip-hop quiz. Yeah. Uh, in aid of uh, Calm and the Jamal Edwards uh, Self-Belief Foundation, which is very fun. Although... 
so Martin Too Smooth, shout out Martin Too Smooth, but he, all, all of my stories involve me being drunk, but it is what happened. So I turned up to the, to do the quiz and uh, it was really fun, but Martin just kept giving me like tequila and buy me rum and stuff like that backstage. I mean, they started DJing and then they did an announcement to bring me onto stage. And my first act walking on stage was to kick a light that was on the floor straight across the stage and nearly fall flat on my face. I mean, it's literally the first thing I did. Well, you kicked it to be rock and roll or you tripped No, over? no, as in like I tripped over it. Like I, I like walked from behind the curtain. They said, Romish, welcome, Romish rang an Ethan. And then I walked in and just like decked it over this light. It so went did you reference it or did you reference it or? I ref referenced it after I'd sort of straightened up and like walked out to the front of the stage. Um, but the quiz was great. Uh, really good. And then the rest of the weekend was very quiet. I actually, um, I actually cooked the swan a meal for the first time in a while. Nice. Yeah. Uh, got the recipe from the Bosch boys, you know, the Bosch vegan. Yeah. 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 I've heard of Henry that, and yeah. Ian. Yeah. They hooked me up with a little. By the way, uh, can I just say the Bosch boys sound so fucking cool for vegan food, right? Yeah. Like when you hear the Bosch boys, you're like, fucking hell, they're about to light up every fucking vegan meal. Like they're amazing. I do think that Henry and Ian, doesn't sound quite as cool as... Well, I imagine that's why they went with Bosch Boys, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like all, all vegan cookbooks and vegan chefs or whatever have to have, like, a name that belies what they're about, do you know what I mean? It's like, that's why you see, like, vegan cookbooks called Fuck Smash, how to get your thing on in the kitchen, do you know what I mean? Like, it's because they're trying to yeah, avoid yeah, the yeah. facts. It's, you know, it's very tofu-based. But um, I made Lisa a sun-dried tomato rigatoni. Oh, nice. Did yeah. you make the pasta yourself? Why do you have to undermine it straight away? No, I didn't make well, the pasta. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm not undermining it. You were showing off, but and not giving it the fucking big suave John, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, if, like, you've not done the pasta, what's the sun? So what is it? So you did the sauce? Yeah, but it's like quite a cut. It wasn't that complicated, actually. But, um, it took me an hour. Mate, that's good, though. An hour in the kitchen. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I did discover is that I am not good... How do you do your weekly shop? Do you go into the supermarket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a big shop. Yeah. yeah. So we normally do it online. But um, on this particular occasion, I needed specific ingredients and herbs and stuff that we didn't have in the larder. And oh, right. um, You went to the supermarket? I went to the supermarket, yeah. And uh, what I discovered is I don't know how to navigate a supermarket. Um, oh, like, mate, I just can't... I'd love to take you to the supermarket. I'm the king of supermarkets. Yeah, I'm I was like, I was like, I reckon I took the longest possible route between getting all those ingredients. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I did so much walking. Like, I did my daily step count just trying to get nine ingredients for this pasta. For me, this is the one thing that people say about me is like, even at like, so at the moment we're, we're in like Grand Canaria, like, even in a foreign supermarket, I'll go, I'll walk in and I'll know exactly where everything is. Okay, but here's the question. There's certain things that I didn't know. So, for example, if I give you a couple of the items that are in the thing, where would you look? All right? Okay. A little Hit test. Me. Okay. So, first off, uh, clove of garlic. Well, yeah, I'll be looking in the fresh, fresh vegetables and fruit. Yeah, correct. Okay. And then yeah. um, sun-dried tomatoes. Sun-dried tomatoes are probably, I think they're usually around the sauces and the sort of tins uh, and sort of like, you know, jars of stuff. Yeah, yeah, or in correct. the foreign food aisle. Depends where you actually live, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then harissa paste. Harissa paste will be with the Mexican food, I believe. It was near the Mexican food. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. You're, yeah. I, I didn't have those instincts. So what I had to keep doing was I had to keep looking on the Tesco's website 
looking up the item and then seeing what category they put it in so that I could go and find out where it was. Let me tell you what. Hold on. Let me just say what happened. I've never heard anyone make such a fucking arse arse out of a fucking supermarket trip. I love you dearly, but I wish you'd called me, mate. I wish you'd fucking called me. What, in Gran Canaria? Tom, I'm in three Bridges Tesco's. Can you tell me where the Harissa paste is? And I'd have straight away go, mate, just head towards the Mexican food. You'll find it anywhere near there, mate. Stop I'm crying. I'm such a member of staff, and I don't know what the deal is with how much... Because, you know, one of my resentments about supermarkets is they do make you do a lot of the work. You you know, they, they you're going around collecting the stuff. It's all over the shop, literally. And then they've tried to push you to do self-service. I mean, what they're trying to do is get to a point where you're... Mate, Tesco's are a piece know. of shit, by the way, because Tesco's are getting rid of everyone. One of my favourite yeah. things about going to a supermarket is the human beings that are there. I know 70% of the well, names of the people who work at my supermarket. Okay. Well, um, I walked up to a member of staff and I said, excuse me, mate, would you be able to tell me where the sun-dried tomatoes are? And he said, no. What? Oh, how old was he? I reckon 21. He's not taking it seriously. He doesn't care. His heart's not in it. But but what I wondered is, uh, he was so like comfortable in saying that to me. I wondered if like he had a very specific role, and that role was to stack the shelves, and he was he doesn't have to help customers. I, I don't know. Here's the new flash, mate. When you work in a supermarket, you know what your role is? Putting your arm well, around a, a guy who's absolutely in distress, who's basically walking around like he's got no idea. He's never really been to a supermarket before and going, fucking hell, this guy needs me. Being a good Samaritan going, what do you want, mate? Sun-dried tomatoes? Let me take you there. That's what you need. Yeah, but I don't think he knew, I don't think he knew where they were. Because like, have you seen it where, because basically, have you seen it where the member of staff doesn't know? I've had this happen in the past. So the member of staff doesn't know where the thing is. And then you're the both of you are on an adventure now. Walking around the store together, and so you have to. Yeah, but then, what a bonding experience! And, and, and then, if you never find it, it's like the, the pressure. You on that will find stop. it, mate. I can tell you now, you would find it. And what an amazing story! Next time you walk in, you're with Theo and someone, and you're quite cool because, like, the guy who works, he goes, "Hey, bro, uh, remember me?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And they're like, "Oh my god, Dad, you know someone who works here?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. I've often wondered what would get, sort of reignite my teenage son's respect for me and I think you're probably right is a Tesco's member of staff recognising me no but recognising you for the right reason because you had a I, mean, I, I imagine he'd get back on he'd get, on, he'd get home and he'd get on the phone to his mates and he'd go you've got to come to Tesco's with me and my dad it's going to blow your mind no, yeah, it's Danny like a handshake in a sort of like a knowing look and it and then he probably joked, the guy there would go, uh, do you know where the sun-dried tomatoes are? And you'd laugh and go, yeah, because you showed me next last time, mate. Get out of it, Simon. <laughs> and that would be it. Have you, ever, have you ever gone to a restaurant with somebody on holiday or wherever where they know the stuff or they've gone to that restaurant regularly? It's one of the most cringy. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've talked to somebody that does this regularly to other people. Walking into a restaurant with some people that know the restaurant is, is it's it's some of the most ass clenchingly embarrassing interactions you can fucking have. Well, this is the difference between you because I think it's kind of cool. So Hugo, <laughs> you fucking absolute prick because you know that I'm that person. You fucking snake. Hugo Chegwin came over to see me with his family <laughs> at the hotel, oh, and his one of Hugo's lines was, "You know everyone who works here." <laughs> oh god I was like, oh, if you come here on a Tuesday you're doing banter and stuff oh my god yeah it's hard to do banter in another language but I'm sort of getting there mm. yeah 
And also, you know what? Like, it's good for Grace to see me chatting to people, having a laugh and stuff. It's like, yeah, you know. Uh, and because and a lot of the time, when you're in a different country, like in England, you can have a bit of a, like, I don't know enough Spanish, uh, and I don't want them to have to sort of like, you know, be pushed to just like broken English. So a lot of the stuff I do is quite physical humour. Right. G- give me an example. Right. Yeah. Well, like, sort of like, I'll, I'll pretend that the food's disgusting, but actually it's really, really lovely. Sort oh, of. God. <laughs> it sort of makes them laugh. Um, like go, show, me, show me what that looks like. We so they'll come over and they'll soon. go, um, uh, Mr. Davis, is everything okay? And I'll go, Ugh. Ugh. like that. And then they'll, t- and then they'll and go, then go, yes, I have seen, I have seen Mr. Bean, Mr. Davis. Yes, I know the show very well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that, Teddy? No. You know the saddest fucking thing of all is I think that they really like me and they all go over and go, oh, how was Mr. Davis today? Oh, he's still doing that. This is a pretty impression. <laughs> and also, because I've been here, like, I'm here for like a, another week or so. It's sort of like, I do feel a bit like Alan Partridge at times. I'm in a proper hotel. It's a bit, yeah, it's not like mm. I'm in a sort of like, like you and you're sort of like tripping it out in a villa. I feel, yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, but you're in an ice We got a lot of comments about your backdrop on the last episode. Yeah, yeah, kind of GTA. I mean, it's a bit better. Well, I was you're at on, You're on full swag. Yeah, yeah. That's why I've had to drop it down to this humble brown wall now. That's what we've got now. Okay, so listen, I think what we need to do is we'll do a couple of emails and we'll duck out because we don't even know. I don't even know how much time to commit to this now. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let, uh, let so JT be the judge of it. Okay, you ready? Hit me up. Uh, okay, this is from Anonymous. Uh, hi, Tom and Ramesh. Uh, I've recently discovered your podcast and I'm making my way through the early episodes. I'm not a big podcast listener, but yours and Hip Hop Saved My Life are the only time I listen to regularly. Loved every minute of it. Laugh out loud. Funny. Apologies for the long email. A couple of things from me. First, Ramesh, I'd like to apologise to you. You probably don't remember this, but a few years ago at a Kano gig, I saw you, and rather than doing what I would normally do, let you have your privacy, I thought I'd go up to you, but I was starstruck and a bit lost for words. Hopefully I wasn't annoying. Secondly, I've just gone through the episodes about celebrity endorsements, and I regularly think about whether Kevin Bacon has an AE contract. Um, I don't remember you specifically, Anon, uh, but I don't remember being annoyed by anybody at the Kano gig, so don't worry about it. Uh, okay, now, I'm in need of some anonymous advice. I'm recently engaged, and we're at a guest list stage of the planning. Now, Ramesh, as I'm sure you'll know, planning an Asian wedding means parents want to invite everyone they've ever interacted with, but I managed to get the numbers down to a respectable number. But I'm in a dilemma about a certain group of friends who I've known for almost 10 years and spent a year studying abroad with them at university. We don't see each other as regularly as before, but are still close. One of the members of the group has decided to cut everyone else out of their life apart from me. Now, I want to invite her and the others, but I'm worried about any awkwardness a broken friendship would have on my wedding day. Ideally, they'd be on the same table, etc., but they don't speak or interact. What should I do? Do I invite them all? Do I invite only the friends that are still friends, or do I admit them all from the guest list? Thanks in advance. Anon. Wedding guest lists are absolute. They're a fuckfest, aren't they? They're proper like... Mm. We had had so many people on our wedding guest list that... uh, and then I didn't want certain people coming from one side of the family. Then that caused a whole fucking argument with with my mum. It was because it's similar in a way. Irish weddings aren't too dissimilar from Asian weddings. You've pretty much got to invite everyone. And people that like, oh, you'd have to invite Kathleen and Joe. And you're like, who are Kathleen and Joe? It's like, we went to, on holiday with them when you were nine. 
it's like it's fucking insane and it and also everyone just assumes they want to party what what i'd say about it like we agonized over it for a long long time me and Catherine, and i don't know about you there's so many people who came to my wedding i, I just have nothing to do with it i don't like it, they were really important at that time in my life it was like you know obviously was, but then time goes on so number the saddest thing I'd say about a wedding, actually, like wedding pictures. We go through them every now and again, or you, look, you know, or one will come up in your memories on your iPhone. And the amount of times when you see like couples who used to be together who aren't anymore, and you think, mm. fucking hell, like that, they were a couple on the most important day of our life, and now they've split up, and one of them you'll never have, and you'll never hear from again. It's such a, such a strange thing. I, I think, in a sense, look, my wedding day was incredible. It was a great partying as a brilliant drink but I think you can get a little bit dizzy and a little bit spun out by thinking about who's going to be there and actually the important thing is is, is it's you guys and I think that the, the one thing I'd say is on the day there was no real I mean there was a couple of fucking arguments and stuff between couples and, and whatever like usually when drinks involved but if you're bringing anything to the table that's already going to be booked in animosity I'd, I'd probably try and swerve that and I think if you're still very close and you get on really well with the people that you spoke to at university and you went through this amazing time. If there's one person who doesn't get on with the rest of them, I, th I think it's probably one of those scenarios of if, um, if you can't find a dickhead in a room, it's probably them. And I think, you know, you don't want to ostracize one person, but if they're, they're not getting on with everyone else, I'd say it's probably better just, and you do, I'd, I'd say to invite the majority. It's, it seems bad singling someone out, but if they've just made a decision not to talk to anyone from that group, then yeah, I think it's probably best just to go that way. Um, yeah, you don't want to bring any of that to it. But have an amazing day. The bit of advice, I think I've probably given it to someone on here before, but and someone gave it to me. It's just take five, ten minutes of just you and your your other half, just to pull yourselves away from everything else that's going on. I mean, like our wedding was insane. Like one of the, one of Ka Catherine's maid of honor had sex with one of my groomsmen before the fucking. Mm -hmm. Like they just went off and had a one night like one night stand before the fucking wedding dinner. It's like before the dance and before the big drink. Yeah, you do that after dinner if you're going to do that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say that, um, but yeah, just make sure you have that little time. Remember what it is, right? You can get lost. You can get lost in what your parents think and what your friends think and what your family are about and who's happy and who's not. It's about you two. It's about your day. It's about you two treasuring the moment that you've come together. And, and, and yeah, enjoy that moment, man. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Tom said. I've got slightly different advice. Um, I, it sounds like you want to invite all these people. My advice to you would be to speak to this friend that's cut everyone else off and say, look, I want to invite everybody. Is that going to be a problem? It's my wedding day. Are you going to be cool with that? And then see what they say. Because, um, look, at the end of the day, it's your day and you want to invite who you want to invite and they've got to, they've got to keep it in line. Do you know what I mean? So it's not your problem. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to invite, you want to invite, you say to them, I want to invite you, but I also want to invite the rest of the group of friends. Um, is that going to be an issue? And if it is going to be an issue, they can't come. Do you know what I mean? And like, if there's any, if they've got anything about them, they won't make you choose. So I think if you want to invite, you invite who you want. But I, it sounds like you need to have a little preemptive chat with that person and go, look, what's the deal with this? Because this is who I want to invite. And if they give you any kind of problems about that, then you don't invite them. Because, you know, this is about you celebrating your, it's about you celebrating your love, you know. Wow, so, um, wow. that's yeah. the most romantic. You actually, by the way, like at the end, you went very like sort of Richard Curtis kind of vibe. You felt a little bit like uh, you two. Like, it's about you two just celebrating your love. 
Yes, you sounded really good. Yeah, cool. no, I know. Do you know what? It's what happened was is that I, I got nervous about saying something so earnest, and then my response was to say it more earnest than I've ever said anything. So it was awful. You, you know what I'd love is if this couple were getting married, and it was just like a moment they stare into to their eyes, and then you were just on a balcony and sort of like in wherever it is they get married, the church, cathedral, or whatever, and you just turn around and just were like, um, guys, it's about these two celebrating their love. Yeah, I just sort of, they look across the balcony, I'm just finishing a cigarette, look yeah. up at them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey there. Just thought I'd come and join you as you celebrate your love. <laughs> and then they say something like, how did you get in? Could you leave? It's quite cool initially, but then they really have not Someone really got any chat. Says, Isn't that Ishan Akbar from What The Way? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, good luck, Anonymous. I hope you have a great time. Uh, okay, should we do one more? One more, brother, yeah. Uh, okay. Yo. Uh, this is from Anonymous. Uh, oh, no, Anxious Turtle. Sorry, it's from Anxious Turtle. I'd love your advice on confidence. Uh, I've always been a quiet person, and I found lockdown made me go into my shell even more. Now when I'm out with friends at a social event, I struggle to join in with the banter and find myself getting quieter and quieter. I can visibly see people getting bored when they chat to me. When I say I've always been a quiet person, I have. I'm not the tallest guy, so not one to walk in and command a room. But I'd always have a funny, sarcastic sense of humour. And I have friends that share my dry sense of humour. Now that seems to have gone. Me and my wife laugh together every day and all is good there. But during lockdown, I've been, re and during lockdown, I've been really consistent with working out. I now find myself skipping drinking sessions for the gym as I'm not keen on drinking as I used to be either not just with this group of friends, within multi-groups and colleagues too. I always enjoy working on my own too, and I've recently started looking into getting an autism diagnosis. Hearing Fern Brady talk on a podcast really resonated with me. Just wondering if you had any advice on how to get my old confidence back. Overall, I'm quite happy in my life and doing regular therapy sessions, which has helped in other areas. Thanks for the podcast. It's my absolute favourite anxious turtle. Tom Davis. Yo, anxious turtle. Um, number one, um... I don't think you're confident, like just listening, like, you know, having never met you, just like having to sort of like attain what I, you know, listen to what your email sounds like. I don't think it's a loss of confidence. I think you've just moved on. Like I, I could, this resonates so, so much with me. Um, and what I was talking about earlier with the going to the beach club and like, I, I you know, I, I've, I think I've talked about this from like before, but from the sort of, you know, 16, I worked in an environment where every day pretty much six days a week would involve me going to the pub after work and drinking and alcohol being a massive, massive part of my life and who I was. And that sort of, that up until lockdown, that was that was pretty much every sort of circle that I was in, every group that I was in was all about going out and getting absolutely smashed. Like, and, and having, or not even smashed, just having like seven pints and that being quite a normal evening out. And during lockdown, I sort of changed up really, and, and that's where I started working out. And that was more than anything just because, you know, I wanted to be healthier. I had a few health issues. Um, I think, number one, if you're, you're in a situation where you and your wife make each other laugh every day, that's an amazing blessing. That's an incredible thing. That, you know, I, th I think most people in the world would change up anything else, like, to, to have that thing, to have someone that, you know, they go home to every, every night and they make laugh and, that you make each other laugh. That's 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 your, that's your number one priority. Not the not the rest of the sort of outside noise. The fact is that you know when you I think when you when you stop drinking and, and you start working out, there is a little bit of that sort of like the bantery sort of way that can sometimes sort of fade out a little bit. But maybe you just outgrown the people that you're around. 
that, that, that happens in life. You move on. Like the circle of friends that I've been friends with since I was 14, like recently you just realize that we're, we've not got anything in common anymore. And that's, that's no slight against them and it's no sort of slight against myself. It's just sometimes you just move on and it's like, yeah, that, that you might just be in that situation. I wouldn't be hitting yourself, like beating yourself up for that. You seem like a pretty rounded human being and you seem like you've got your priorities in order when it comes to work, your wife, your home life. And uh, yeah, man, keep doing you, bro. Yeah, um, Anxious Turtle, uh, I totally agree with Tom. I, I don't think you have a problem. I think, you know, a lot of these, you, you've got friends that you enjoy the company of um, and you you have a great time with your other half. These people that are like commanding a room and stuff like that, often those friendships are really sort of hollow. And actually, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing to keep your circle small and just have friendships with people that you really trust. You know, I'm friends with it. I, I don't have loads of friends, but the people that I am friends with are people that I would do anything for and I'd hope vice versa. Um, I would, so, by the way, BTW. Oh, thanks, mate. No, no, yeah. I mean, you're in that circle, I suppose, depending on how this podcast continues to go. But, um, yeah, I don't think you need to worry about it. I think you're giving yourself anxiety over something that you don't need to be anxious about. Be yourself. And what you'll find is that people that are, there are people that, that aren't sort of loud and brash. And I, yeah, I'm not criticizing people that are loud and confident. There's nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? But if you're not, you will find people that are more like that. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that at all. So um, I would just be comfortable in that and, and know that, you know, you've got the people that you care about and people that care about you and don't worry about it. Stop looking at um, elsewhere and thinking, I want it to be better. You've got it great, man. You're doing really well. You know, and you sound like a great guy. So people will, gravitate towards you the right people gravitate towards you you know what i mean you don't have to shout loudest to attract people um the right actually if you're quieter the right people will come to you so good luck with that man don't remember, worry about remember it the all. remember the ode of uh robbie williams he was absolutely terrified when he left like that because he had to move on on his own and navigate with the world and then he wrote angels or yeah. performed angels yeah and look how shy he is you know yeah. and he's done great so there you go. Remember also, uh, and I, I, I think me and Rom should get this tattooed. Remember, you've got friends for a reason, friends for a season, and friends for life. Keep that in your mind. Yeah, please do. Don't get it tattooed, though, would be my advice. Okay, Tom, we come to the end of, I would say, one of the front runners for the worst episode of this podcast we've ever recorded. And I'm saying that not knowing if this is going to actually go out or not. It feels that like I'm about to sort of throw my heart into something that might, like, even if people have listened to 60% of this, they might not get to this bit. But bear with me. Yeah. Yo, what is friendship? What is friendship? It's a heartfelt message when someone crosses your mind. It's a hand on the back where you want to give someone some support. It's a smile and a football being pulled out from a car boot when you feel, hey, this person needs a run around. But it's also reaching out every now and again to say, I need a friend. I need someone to hear me, someone to be there. It's about sticking with two people who care a lot about you and you also care about them. And even though maybe the transmission and the Wi-Fi isn't as strong, the heartfelt sentiment is there. We adore you. We implore you to listen more. And listen once more again. Oh, that's lovely. It's very much in keeping with how the rest of the pod has gone. So that's good. <laughs> um, okay. 
Um, the song to play us out, JT, uh, I've just got into a rapper called Smino. He did a song called 90 Proof for J. Cole. So could you play us out with a little um, bit of that, please? If, if it's possible, oh, JT, just to keep it in keeping with the rest of the podcast, could you play this through your car stereo, record it onto your phone, and then play that version of it? <laughs> um, guys, I'm really sorry about this week's podcast, if this indeed does go out. Uh, remember to look out for live dates. Uh, look after yourselves and each other. Well, I don't know, I've ripped off Jerry Springer's um, you love that. catchphrase, but I keep doing it everywhere. We'll see you soon, guys, on this. I'm going to get my mic fixed. We'll see you next time on this little ride that we call The Wolf for Now. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.